You are Locked On Seahawks, your daily Seattle Seahawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, welcome to the Locked On Seahawks podcast. I am Grant Goldberg, joined by Spike Friedman. This is the Super Bowl review episode. We watched a great game, and you know what? We were wrong about the Super Bowl spike, and uh, we're not wrong about many things, but the Philadelphia Philadelphia Eagles won by a score of 41-33. to um, I don't know if that's a score of or not, but uh, it's a unique score. And uh, it was a really good game. It was filled with a lot of exciting moments. It went back and forth at a few points in the, in the game. We had some missed extra points. We had some a sack fumble at the end of the game. But Spike, how did you enjoy Super Bowl Fifty Two? Uh it was uh, you know it was, a, it was a great it was fun I enjoyed it it was good times uh, you know I was I, I had my theories for rooting for the Patriots going into the game but by the end yeah I was a hundred percent all in on the Eagles to win when I, that happened I tried to convince myself in the days leading up to the Super Bowl that you know what I'm not really a fan of anything like we talked. We talked about it, and, like, what's another Super Bowl for the Patriots? But as soon as the ball was kicked off, I'm like, all right, it's go time. Like, go, Birds. <laughs> like, forget the Patriots. Let's do this. But, uh, yeah, it was it was an awesome game. It was definitely memorable. Uh, Nick Foles, you know, we, we didn't give him a, a big shot. We said that he had to play a near-perfect game in order for the Eagles to win, and that's really what he did. He he showed out. He was he was better than his stat line, I would argue. Yeah, no, he... Because he that one not... interception was almost a 40-yard completion. Yeah, I, I feel like, yeah, like, like I said, we didn't give him much of a shot, and we said they needed to play perfect, and he he played a lot better than the stat line suggested, and he still won Super Bowl MVP. <laughs> He, and his stat line was really good. Yeah, exactly. 28 for 43, 373 yards, three touchdowns, a pick, and a touchdown caught. It's pretty good. Oh, That'll yeah. No, I, I, would, uh, I would suggest that as one of the better stat lines that he's ever had in his career. But um, the, the thing is, to me, like, watching him play against Minnesota, we talked about how he navigated the pocket, he found his open receivers, and he, you know, stepped up and... and propelled him to the Super Bowl, and we saw that, you know, in this past Sunday, and the difference was, you know, there wasn't really any point in time where the Eagles were in jeopardy of losing the game against the Vikings. Yeah. But this Sunday, he stepped up time and time again on third downs, making those completions, going for, going for it on fourth down to, uh, to, and that pass to Zach Ertz. And catching a touchdown, like, how ballsy is that from not even just Nick Foles' standpoint, but from a coaching standpoint? And it was just an awesome performance by Foles, and he made himself a lot of money uh, just off of that game. Yeah, we talked about sort of Case Keenum as that guy who was maybe maybe a starting NFL quarterback who hadn't gotten the look until this year. I think Nick Foles is in a similar position. He's actually under contract for next season for uh, $7.5 That said, if he, uh, it's in the Eagles. 
interest to trade him. I think he would only have two million dead cap. And so if they could get a second rounder for him and he could renegotiate, you know, not a huge deal, but like a Mike Lennon size deal. Yeah. That would probably be the best for all parties. The big wrinkle in that is that there have been uh some complications that have arisen in Carson Wentz's recovery from his torn ACL. They might have to do another cleanup surgery, which puts his week one availability in doubt, in which case it would be a little crazy for the Eagles to move on from their Super Bowl MVP winning backup quarterback if they don't think they're going to have their starter week one. But, you know, hopefully they can get that figured out for the Eagles' sake, for the Seahawks' sake. Hopefully they don't get this figured out and they make a blunder and manage to trade both Wentz and Foles uh, and, you know, just roll with Trey Burton at quarterback next year. (laughs) Or you know, or even like Foles just regresses to the mean and then comes down from this playoff run because I think throughout the three games that he played, uh, his completion percentage was seventy two percent, which is you know second behind Troy Aikman and Joe Montana for a postseason run, which is yeah. ab- which is completely absurd. And you know, I just think that uh, Nick Foles, I, the Eels would be smart to hold on to him if you know there's complications with Wentz's injury, like you were just saying, and. Um, you know, I don't. I think that obviously they won't get the same product as the postseason run, or maybe they will. But in my mind, I don't think they would get the same product. But you know, I feel. I think. I think they have to feel confident if once goes out again because of what they saw in this postseason. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, there's a bunch of ways to go. I think. I think before we get ahead of ourselves into where Foles will end up, it's worth slowing doubt and being like wow uh nick Foles, super bowl mvp nick Foles, super bowl mvp nick Foles, super bowl mvp i think i mean obviously that was a huge reason why the eagles won but right after this break we'll get into the game a little bit more we'll talk about yeah. you know uh, some other reasons that the eagles won uh the super bowl and we'll we'll get to that right after this break Welcome back to the Locked on Seahawks podcast with Grant Goldberg and Spike Friedman. Uh, right before the break, we were discussing how Nick Foles' MVP performance propelled the Eagles to their first Super Bowl win, but there's some other reasons why the Eagles were able to win this Super Bowl, and I would I would say one of them is a lack of pass rush from the Patriots. We, we highlighted that there was no real like monster on the, the Patriots' defensive line, and you know the Eagles' offensive line is just a group is a group of monsters, and so that was a, that was a huge matchup win for the Eagles, and allowed Nick Foles to have that type of MVP performance. Yeah, the Patriots' pass rush had really come into its own coming down the stretch, but they were relatively completely neutralized. Uh, a lot of credit, obviously, to Lane Johnson, but Hal Vitae stepping up in place of Jason Peters. Uh, really incredible. Uh, also, the interior of the Eagles' offensive line looked really good. Wisniewski had a couple really nice pulls. I'm blanking on the name of their other guard, which is embarrassing, but he had an Jason incredible Kelsey. game. I mean, he's the center. My bad. No, Kelsey's the center. Yeah. It um, uh, doesn't matter. The other guard had an incredible game. All of it was like, oh, boy, I wish the Seahawks had guard play like that. Am I right, yeah, folks? No. Folks <laughs> out there in podcast land? <laughs> Oh boy! Just nod Ooh. your head while you're in the car listening to the show. 
But the Eagles, uh, right, right before the game, the Eagles offensive line, despite losing uh, Peters midway through the year, was named the number one offensive line this year in the AP award voting. And they really showed why. Uh, they were able to, you know, create enough in the run game to keep the Patriots on their heels, not pin their ears back and really rush the passer. And yeah, no sacks, no sacks, no sacks. That says it all. Yeah. Nick Foles didn't get sacked once. Yeah, and that allowed them to, you know, really, you know, impose their will on the Patriots' defense, you know, whether it be, you know, down the field to Alshon Jeffrey or in the screen games to the running backs. And then the running backs were able to get chunk plays on the runs. And so they were able to do what they want, and that started with the offensive line. So, you know, a lot of credit goes to them. And a lot of credit goes to Doug Peterson and his staff for calling a really creative and, you know, balanced game. You know, even even with you know how passing affects the game a lot more than the run game, they were yeah. still able to run the ball effectively, and it and it you know was a difference maker against the Patriots. We saw a couple runs by the Patriots, but usually, I mean, they had to have Tom Brady throw for over five hundred yards, and you know it, it speaks to Doug Peterson's game plan. And, you know, just the all-around solid game that he yeah. called in in order for that the Eagles to kind of combat that, you know, come back with a balanced performance of Nick Foles threw for a bunch of yards himself. But, you know, there was a ton of all-purpose yards from their running backs. And so, you know, it was such a balanced yeah. attack. I keep going back to how balanced there was a it was. Ton, I mean, there was so much play action from Nick Foles uh, and a lot of, like, really fun route combinations. There was one weird route that Ertz ran that was like a little like half circle route that was like very cool. Mm-hmm. Nelson Aguilar was doing a lot of very interesting stuff. Uh, once they got Alshon Jeffrey on Eric Rowe because of Malcolm Butler's in, in undescribably silly suspension. Uh, yeah. Oh my God. The, ugh, weird. But like once they saw that matchup, they were able to exploit it. It was just a really great coaching performance from Peterson, which he's been putting together all year. All yeah. year he's been having coaching performances like this. And I've been on the record as saying I'm not a huge believer in this Eagles team, which is weird to say after yes. they just me, won me the too. Super Bowl, missing their two best players. Uh, or I, And I guess I wasn't even – that isn't even true. I'll, I'll, I'll give myself enough credit to be like when, when the Seahawks beat the Eagles earlier this year, that game broke on a few big plays. A few big plays went the Seahawks' way early. And they were able to put a lead together and then hold on late. And this game, the Eagles played a clean game. They played an intelligently coached game. They maximized their chances to win over and over again. Uh, and, you know, and, and they didn't have any catastrophic bad bounces. Like, if either of those two touchdowns are wiped off the board when they're reviewed, which, you know, uh, especially the Zach Ertz one could have been, I think they made the right call. I think he was... Yeah, me too. I think it was a separate, I think it was a hit by McCourty that brought him to the ground. And so that is a separate part aside from the catch, which makes it distinct, the Jesse James fumble. But we've seen that call go either way. I don't think it would have been a bad call if they had ruled it uh, no completion. So, you know, like that one, and if that goes the other way, it's a totally different game. So I'm just saying like, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, It's a good good job, Eagles. Yeah, good on you. Yeah, Zach Ertz, I, I feel like he caught it, then he took three steps, and then was brought down by McCourty, and then fumbling it. And so, I thought it was a catch, and then obviously he recovered it. 
um, the Clement play to me was a, probably a little bit of a closer call because in my mind he caught the ball and adjusted it. But you know, I could definitely see how a referee or anybody reviewing the play could think that oh no he didn't have full possession and then he eventually stepped in bounds before he can get the hypothetical second foot down after you know adjusting the catch. But uh, the, both those both those calls went the Eagles' way, and it was. I mean, the running joke is that the Patriots get calls going their way because they pay the refs off, or the refs are you know paid by the NFL. And uh, no, we saw we saw a balanced game. I mean, in the in the early goings, there was a, a couple weird calls that went the Patriots' way, and we're like, oh, yeah, we're gonna see that again. But uh, no, I, I don't think it was a, a terribly called game by the officials. Um, we did we did see a lot a lot of just variance with the running backs. I'm going to come back to that again. And, you know, in that Clement play, you know, that was a, that was a rope by Nick Foles, but, you know, yeah. for, for Clement to get past those two, those two people in coverage and, you know, find his way into the end zone, it was just a beautiful route and a, and a great throw. And, you know, it's, it's a great story, like seeing a, an undrafted guy, you know, come up and make an impact in the Super Bowl like that. And I think in 2012, Clement re- like tweeted, you know, one day soon, and it was him, like, before, obviously, he went to college, I think, um, he was standing in front of an Eagles backdrop for a press conference, and so I thought that was a really cool story, like, how that, how that comes to fruition, and, and also, like, um, separate uh, I don't, I don't want to make, I don't want to make too obvious a comparison, but, uh, is he their Jermaine Curse? Hmm. You know well, what I mean? he, he went to Wisconsin, so I, I mean like because I know Curse went to oh. went to UW, but well, Cur- well, Curse went to high school in Seattle. That's all. I don't know. I'm I mean, grasping at straws here. I'm just saying, undrafted hero in the Super Bowl. Yeah, come no, on. I agree. I agree. I think that uh, you know, there's parallels you can draw. So yeah, you know, I, draw, I'm not, draw, baby. I'm gonna give you the technical win on that one. Thank but... you. I love. That's the best way to win on a technicality. All right, we're gonna we're gonna <laughs> take another break, and then at the end of the show, we're going to revisit the the voting for the predictions for the games. I know that we were wrong in a lot of the uh, categories, so get uh, stay tuned to hear us eat some crow. Welcome back to the Locked On Seahawks podcast. We've reached the final stretch of the episode with Grant Goldberg and Spike Friedman. Still, there wasn't a there wasn't a change in the middle of the uh, in the middle of the show. We didn't put in Malcolm Butler during the show, uh, but we which do... is a blunder. I feel like he'd be way better than me. Yeah, no, he knows football than a, <laughs> way better than the both of us. <laughs> but you no, know, you're stuck with us. So we are going to review the Locked On Network Super Bowl voting, and the first question. Who will win the 2018 Super Bowl? We voted Patriots, and then the Eagles proved everybody but six people wrong in this survey. So uh, the Eagles were underdogs in more ways than one. So they uh, they got the win over the Locked On Network as well. We move on. I think that's what they're going to really highlight. I think they're going to hang a banner for that. Yeah, like we're going to get a tweet from Chris Long or something like that, just like totally like, why are you doubting us? Like we proved you guys wrong. Like. Not suck it, yeah. but like just like hey, like he might, it. Say, he might say suck it. <laughs> All right, let's move okay, on. Okay, so Super Bowl MVP. Uh, most of the Locked On Network voted for Tom Brady, as did we, and Nick Foles got the got the win and the MVP award with four votes. So four people did not doubt Nick Foles, 
For me, uh, I think the MVP is still Hyundai for kidnapping people and making them hug cancer survivors for reasons that are beyond understanding. They edge out Dodge, who, you know, mutilated the honor of Martin Luther King, which is a power play, and uh, and Justin Timberlake for uh, defiling Prince. So, you know. There's a whole lot wrong. (laughs) It was a tough race, but I just want to give credit to where it's due before we move on. All right. Yeah, no, in in the category of boldness, we'll give it to Hyundai just for tonight. Um, What would the result of the coin toss be? It was heads or tails? I I believe it it was was heads. heads. It was definitely heads. All right. And the Patriots won that Tails always fails. Uh, I mean, it never has not (laughs) won. I mean, it never has not failed. In Super Bowl 52, just for reference. Will there be an excessive celebration penalty? Uh, there wasn't, I don't think. No. Uh, and the most of the network voted no. I mean, it is a fairly simple thing. And uh, we're going to move on to Will Rob Gronkowski play, which everybody voted yes. He did end up playing. And so, I mean, like that wasn't a really hard thing. Um, no, he had a great game. He yeah. was, I mean, they didn't, it was just like two drives, but he ended up with like 100 yards and two drives and two touchdowns. He just took over the game for like the whole third quarter. Right, and he might not play next year. I mean, I think that yeah. he will play, but uh, now he's definitely considering other options. So if Rob Conkowski... He's been hurt so much, mm-hmm. uh, you know. But what else is he going to do? Like, how long can he be a greeter at the at like the Cosmopolitan in Las Vegas? Yeah, I think like there's gonna be some partnership with Hooters or something. <laughs> Just he's gonna take the low hanging fruit and like totally play into the Gronk persona. Yeah, he's but, literally Gronk. Yeah, and there's no other way to cut it. Uh, who will score the first touchdown? The and then it was Eagles defense, Eagles offense, Patriots offense, Patriots defense. And it was Eagles offense who scored yeah. the first touchdown. But I don't count it because they didn't hit the extra point. So for me, no one won. <laughs> All right. There you have it. Well, how will the first points be scored? Uh, we I voted field goal. Um, I think I also voted field yeah, goal. Yeah, we both voted field goal. And then, yeah, yeah the field goal was the, was the first points. I think that... It was a 12 to 15 vote from field goal to touchdown, so most of the lock network got it right. Uh, what's more likely, Tom Brady throwing for 350 yards, the Eagles defense scoring at least one touchdown, or a flea flicker? I voted for can't Tom Brady throwing 350 yards. I can't believe how wrong I was on this. It's killing me. I said flea flicker. Both teams had passes to the quarterback that weren't flea flickers. How is that possible? How did both teams have a play that is a pass to the quarterback that is not a flea flicker? That's crazy. Come on. Ah, I said Doug Peterson did a good job coaching. He did a bad job because he made me get this wrong. I don't like him anymore. I think that I think that Spike might owe me an apology. Because he kind of scoffed at the notion of Tom Brady throwing for 350 yards. He threw for 500 yards. I was so wrong on this. Like That's so many yards. Like, Spike picking the, the Patriots was their obvious death sentence. But I think, you know, like we said, you know, the Eagles probably like saw that we were doubting them still. And then, you know, Tom Brady saw that Spike doesn't think that he'll throw for 350 yards. So he aggressively went after that and uh, surpassed it. So... You know, Tom Brady, kind of petty, I guess. Uh, Who will have the most rushing yards in the game? I actually don't have that stat pulled up. 
one I think would it was uh, it was Legarrette Blunt, I believe. Okay, so it was Legarrette Blunt. I, I think we both said that. I voted. I thought it was Dion Lewis. Oh, I voted for Legarrette Blunt because I'm awesome. Hmm. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Who will have the most receiving yards? Uh, Danny Amendola, Brandon Cooks, Philip Dorsett, Alshon Jeffrey, Torrey uh, Smith, Zach Ertz, Nelson Aguilar, this, or Dwayne Allen. This sucks. We both put other, and Amendola got it at one fifty-two. But the next three guys were Chris Hogan, Rob Gronkowski, and Clement, who were all others. Like the other three guys to hit for a hundred yards were all others. So, ah, uh, it's that's a tough loss for me. Yeah, I don't no, like we it. We both took it now. We both voted for Rob Gronkowski, who came close but uh, didn't end up getting it. And that does it for the Locked On Network awards. But we mentioned something on the last show. Oh yeah, about uh, a particular uh, apparel type question, and it was whether uh, what color shoes would Justin Timberlake be wearing, and you said brown, right, Spike? I don't remember what I said. Spike I was said wrong brown, and, <laughs> and I voted white. And I, I said, no, he'll come out with the nice white, clean kicks, and uh, he'll he'll put on a show with them. And uh, he unveiled a new colorway of the Jordan threes that sold out within literally two minutes of it being posted online. And I, I'd have to admit, they were so nice. They were such a nice pair of shoes. And, you know, they were even more nice because they were white and I was right. And so I think, you know, overall, just off the strength of Justin Timberlake's shoes, that I I think I won in, in terms of, you know, betting on this game, whether it be on the survey or the prop bets about shoes. I think, you know, that gives me the cumulative win. Yeah. It's okay. You can wallow in defeat. We have all the time. Sucks. All right, but I think that does it for today's show. And you know, we want to thank you again for, for listening throughout the whole football season. Now we are truly in full off-season mode. There's no more Pro Bowl. There's no more Super Bowl. And so next we have the Combine to look forward to. We have the NFL free agency and then the draft. But uh, we'll be here. What did we say we were going to do as like a, as like a TV viewing or like a book club? Were we going to do a book club? Yeah, book club on Michael Bennett's new book, Things That oh, Make White yeah, People yeah. Uncomfortable. That's right. That's going to be awesome. That's going to be awesome. Tune in for that. I don't know what the heck we're going to do for the next two months. <laughs> right. Like... No, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna uh, be... Uh... What are we going to talk about? I have no idea. I think like we'll go over like Russell Wilson's award show outfits. Um, uh, I don't. We know. got a couple of something awesome. Okay, so tune in next time to find out the awesome thing that we came up with to talk about for the next two months until. Yeah, we're gonna comes. we're gonna give you sort of an off season primer. We're gonna give you an idea of, of what's gonna be going down on, on the show from here on out. But uh, go on iTunes and you can leave a five star review. Leave your Twitter handle in the review, and you can. Getting access to a free Pro Football Focus Edge account. You can get all the numbers and you can compare it to other sites. Pro Football Focus ranked Russell Wilson their 93rd ranked player in 2017. Um, I don't know what to say about that, but. Uh, it's low, but who cares? Yeah, who cares? Um, I, w- I wouldn't say they did it for attention, but uh, that's what I'm going to go. No, I mean, feel he had a really bad last few weeks, so he got knocked out. Oh, that's fine. Yeah, all right. Well, and you can you can play some NBA games on Draft.com. You can use the pro 
promo code LONFL for a free draft on your first visit. And yes, thank you guys for tuning in, and we'll talk to you next time. So for Locked on Seahawks, I'm Grant Goldberg signing off. I'm Spike Friedman, also signing off.